Hey guys, it's Olivia and welcome back to another episode of Real and Relentless. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you someone that left working for a financial advising firm to pursue full-time ministry. He's awesome, he's so much fun, and his name is Patrick McKee. Thanks for having me, Olivia. I really appreciate it and I'm excited to share my story about how God uh, used me uh, to pursue a different career and just how amazing Uh, when we follow God's calling on our life and the things that he can orchestrate. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's an absolute honor to have you here. Hearing about you pursuing ministry from something that was so secure was so interesting to me. So to hear your story today is going to mean a lot to me, and I'm sure it'll mean a lot to so many other people. I'm excited to share. It's uh, definitely a God story. And I think when we allow him to lead, like I said, he can orchestrate things that uh, we couldn't even dream of. So I'm excited to share with you guys today. So what led you to where you are today? I know you went to the University of Dayton to study finance, and you worked in that for how many years? About three. Three. And then what led you to completely just abandon that part of your life and pursue something entirely different? What gave you the nerve? So as you said, Olivia, I graduated from the University of Dayton in 2015 with a business degree. And uh, upon graduation, I think college is such an exciting season of your life. Uh, You know, you have what some of the best four years and made so many friends and memories. And I was excited to pursue uh, a career in finance. And so I got a job upon graduation and thought I had my whole life figured out. Uh, I began to study for my series seven, uh, which is to become a licensed broker and uh, worked for a local firm. And, you know, we're in talks about long-term eventually taking, taking that over one day. And about two years in, um, I loved what I was doing. Um, I loved the investments. I loved with who I worked with and really was happy with where I was at in life. And uh, I think when we're young, we can all have an image of what we envision our life to be like. And it was exactly what I was envisioning Um, to own a business one day, to hopefully make lots of money and live in a nice house and to drive a nice car. And um, I was well on that way. And uh, about two years in, I went on a missionary trip to uh, Eswatini, formerly known as, known as Swaziland, which is a small country just northeast of um, South Africa. And it's actually the highest percentage of HIV and AIDS in the world. Um, it's a tiny country, but the, the AIDS epidemic has just ran rampant uh, in that country. And I'm very well connected with a medical missions organization there, as well as the church that Uh, Christian Life Center sponsors or works together with. And so I went on a missions trip. And when I was there, I just really felt that the Lord was calling me into ministry. And that to me was a very scary thing when you think you have your whole entire life planned out and um, really pursuing and doing something that you enjoy doing. Um, And I'll never forget, we went on a couple different outreaches and we worked with a medical mission organization called the Luke Commission, where we would go to schools and provide medical services um, in these very, very rural areas. And it's just amazing to see what God is doing through that organization and just interacting with the kids and um, just being able to serve them was such a humbling experience. And then one Sunday, uh, we were worshiping at Potter's Wheel, which is the church that we're connected with and associated with. And like I said, you know, I just felt like the Lord was really calling me into ministry. And that was so scary. And so I just kind of really began to pray. And before I had left on that missions trip, I was really struggling with anxiety and depression. And 
uh, was just not in a great place mentally. And so I was really excited for um, just to kind of get away, obviously being in Africa, uh, phone service, and you're an 18 hour flight away. Uh, so I, I was excited because I needed God just to speak to me in some powerful ways. Um, didn't intend for him to speak to me in that way. Um, but it was, it was an awesome experience. So, you know, I'm sitting in this, this church service and just felt like, you know, the Lord was, was leading me into ministry. And then I'm an analyzer. Uh, so I began to think through, I'm like, well, I'm not qualified for this and I don't have a degree in this. And what does ministry even look like? I truly believe ministry is more than just working for a church. I think as Christians, as believers, we're called to minister in all aspects of our life. So whether it's owning a bridal shop or working at a gym or working at corporate America, I think we are called to be missionaries in our job. But I just felt like the Lord was leading me to full-time ministry. So I began just to take some time and pray with Pastor Kevin, who's the lead pastor at Potter's Wheel, and just really allowing the Lord to lead. And I'll never forget the one thing that the Lord was telling me is he just wanted me to take the first step. He just wanted me to take the first step. And what I believe that first step was to be was when I got home to set up a meeting with my lead pastor and uh, just kind of explain my heart and how I felt like the Lord was leading me into full-time ministry. Um, I attended Christian Life Center for about 20 years and my lead pastor is an amazing pastor, um, very well educated. He has a PhD, uh, he has an MBA, he has a master's in counseling. So you know, as I was trying to analyze and and really just work out what I was going to be doing, I was like, well, I'll just set something up, explain how I was feeling, and then maybe begin to study for something on the side as well as working full time in the financial industry. And then when, quote unquote, the Lord called me into ministry, I would have that education and be able to to step into that to that role. But the last couple of days of, of my time in Swaziland was just so powerful, just spending time in the word and just really allowing um, him to, to speak and to lead. Um, it was it was very difficult because I am uh, had so much uncertainty where it's like I thought I had my life figured out. And I feel like the Lord is leading me into ministry, which is so far uh, from what I envisioned myself doing. Uh, growing up, I was very strong in my faith and have two of the most amazing parents in my life that just instilled the importance of being in church, having a relationship with Christ, but um, really never took on that own relationship until about middle school or high school and was super passionate about my faith in high school and was very involved with an organization called FCA where we'd sometimes have about 150, 100 to 150 students at Tip City uh, meeting on, on Sunday nights, and I became became one of the leaders and would actually lead a Bible study at Tippecanoe High School. So God was just doing great things through me at a young age. And then really when I went off to college, I kind of lost my faith. Never that I turned my back on God, but wasn't living a life that was reflecting Jesus. I kind of got caught up in the party scene and uh, connected with the, long, the wrong crowd and was really distant from my faith. So the devil's good at reminding of you about your past. Um, and during my time there, he just brought up those four years in college and, you know, reminded me, well, you're never going to be good enough. How, how could someone follow you? Like, look at your past. And that was very tough because I had to process through that. But I knew that there's nothing that God cannot use from your past uh, to further you into your future. And we're never disqualified. Um, no matter amount of mistakes, no matter of mess ups. 
God can still use you um, to to minister. And I think he allows you to go through those things to connect and to speak life into people that are going through that. So those last couple of days in Africa uh, was just a whirlwind. Uh, but I was confident that he was calling me into ministry. And I was confident that the next step that he wanted me to do was to set up a meeting with my lead pastor. Um, so flying back, um, obviously, it's about a 19 hour flight. I was just processing and um, just praying and, you know, that the, the Lord would reveal where he wanted me to go. Um, and in for me, it was difficult, Olivia, because I, like I said, I thought I had my life planned out. And it's not like I didn't like my job or who I worked with or what I was going to be doing. I just felt like the Lord was leading me in a different direction. So about two weeks uh, since I, I got had gotten back from Africa, I set up a meeting with my lead pastor and just really sat down and explained, hey, I feel like the Lord is leading me into ministry. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not qualified. I have this past. Like, I don't know how God could ever use me. Um, you know, what education should I study? And in ministry, there's so many different degrees that you can get. There's master's in theology. Uh, there's master's in Christian ministry. Do I go off and work for a church or do I study? Do I continue to work for this financial field and study on the side? So I was just, I was overwhelmed. Um, but I just knew that the Lord was calling me to ministry, but I didn't necessarily know what that looked like. So I explained the situation uh, to my lead pastor and, you know, that I was in Africa and I felt the Lord was prompting me into ministry. What education should I study? You know, where from? What what does that look like? And I'll never forget, he actually left the office. And uh, what I didn't know was he went and talked to our executive director and he comes back and says, you know, Patrick, I've never done this before, but what if I was to offer you the outreach director here at Christian Life Center on a six-month trial basis, see if this is something that you want to do, um, see if it's kind of working out. He's like, I'm taking a huge leap because you're not necessarily qualified. It's from a degree standpoint, um, but would you be interested? And it took about a week to pray about it, and I just felt like that's exactly the doors that the Lord was opening up. And to me, how that happened was me taking that small step of just as simply as setting up a meeting with my lead pastor to eventually open an amazing opportunity like that. Um, and it's been, I've been at Christian Life Center for uh, just under two years serving as the outreach director. And what is so cool is when I look back, God was preparing my heart for this position at a time that I didn't even realize. Uh, very passionate about what we're doing, our work in Africa. Um, and very passionate about the work that we're doing in, a, in our inner city. And just to see in what God is doing through our church and through this position, I'm just blown away. And I think it speaks to when we allow God to lead in our life, when we submit to, to his calling, he can orchestrate things that we could never, ever even think or imagine. To think that I stepped into my pastor's office thinking I was and praying that he would give me wisdom on what education, what college I should go to. I left out of that office with a job. And to think that three weeks ago when I was in Africa praying, if I wouldn't have followed that calling, I don't know what I would be doing today, but it's been the most amazing thing to allow God to lead. Uh, when we submit our will for our life to him, uh, 
he can do far greater than we could ever think or imagine. And it's been such a rewarding process seeing how God prepared my heart, how he used me, how he allowed me to go through difficult situations to for me to be able to share my story uh, with others and just being a part of what God is doing to transform the Dayton area and be a part of transforming the world. So I'm just passionate. I see how God has transformed my life, how God has transformed my heart. And I'm just passionate about, I want people to experience the love of Christ that I have, the purpose that I have for my life. So I'm passionate about spreading God's word. And I know I'm exactly where God has for me for this season. I feel like you do an incredible job of doing that. And I can already tell just hearing you talk how great of a speaker you are. I can only imagine how that felt to be 18 hours away by flight in a completely different country and to have God speak that to you. What did that feel like and how did you grasp onto the courage to take such a leap of faith? To you, it may not seem like much, but to everyone else listening, it's insane to just completely flip your life like that and to give God that pin. And we always talk about letting God rule our life and letting God have that say in our life and following that. But to do that is a completely different story. So can you explain to us kind of yeah. what taking that first step felt like? Were you scared? What well, were you thinking? 100%. It was so scary. Um, Olivia, it was extremely scary because I, I think we all have an idea of what we envision our life to be like. We always say we have that dream job and we kind of play out in our mind what our life will look like. And working for a church or working full-time ministries was probably the last thing that I thought I was going to eventually be doing. So yeah, it was extremely scary. Um, but I think when we allow God to lead our life, there's that sense of peace, uh, a peace, you know, in, in scripture, it talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I just, I knew that he was going to provide that peace and he was going to provide the exact opportunities um, where I needed to go. But you have to be willing to submit that. So yeah, it was, it was very scary. And you contemplate, well, I'm not going to be making as much money. You know, what, what is this job even going to look like? How am I going to pay for school? So, you know, there's so much uncertainty that you don't uh, necessarily know. But I think one thing I want to encourage you and everyone listening, we're not the ones to have to figure it out. I think we can process and try to analyze and plan, but ultimately that is so often what we want for our lives. And that's not what God wants for our lives. So when I allowed for him to lead in my life, it, it took a ton of prayer. It took a ton of surrender, uh, surrendering, not my will or not what I wanted, but to follow after God's will for my life. So it was, it was scary. Um, and I think, just spending time in the word and spending quiet time was such a, an important part of that journey for me. And just knowing that it's okay to not have everything figured out, everything planned out. And when we allow for him to lead, uh, he can orchestrate, like I said, things greater than we could ever think or imagine, but it's not to say that it wasn't easy. Uh, definitely taking a pay cut from my job. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know. Yes, I grew up in a Christian home, but could I study and write papers on scripture and um, preach and counsel? And um, that was all just something that was un kind of unknown to me. And I was familiar with the financial field, but not so familiar with 
the ministry. But like I said, I think when you spend time with the Lord and you allow him to lead your life and spend quiet time and you just have that peace that you know you're following after God's plan for your life. It's truly a testament to see how much God's worked in your life. Even from the first time that I met you to now, your growth is just exponential. It's amazing to just see you do your thing. Now I feel like you have even more of a glow to you than you ever have. And I think that's how you know you're in the right place and that God has you right where he wants you. So you told me you're currently outreach director at Christian Life Center. What does that look like and what does that encompass? Yeah, so it's a lot, um, but it's so exciting that I get I get to be a part of what God's doing and transforming our city and transforming our nation. So technically, I'm over anything uh, that happens in our inner city. So we work with about 12 to 15 partnership churches in the inner city, as well as about 20 different organizations, varying from recovery ministries. It could be uh, working with disengaged youth, pregnancy resource centers, um, churches that are both on the east side, on the west side. So working, uh, planning local outreaches. In fact, tomorrow we have our annual Love Dayton where we do about 100 service projects with our partnership churches and organizations in our inner city. So I'm technically over all of that. Uh, We do various outreaches from the church standpoint, but I love just connecting with pastors and um, executive directors that are helping transform a city. Uh, we also have 13 ICBCs, uh, which stand for In Community by Community, which are ministries in Swaziland, all based around a church. So we work with Potter's Wheel Church to help plant these rural ICBCs um, in rural Swaziland, where we plant a church, a pastor's home, and another building that held, held preschool. And it's our idea for them to become self-sustainable. So we provide the resources um, that allows them, whether it's growing crops, raising pigs or chickens. Uh, but we believe God has created everybody with gifts and abilities, and we want to see them utilizing those gifts and abilities. So we have 13 ICBCs in Swaziland, um, and it's just amazing to see what God is doing through those churches and transforming a country, as well as we support about 120 missionaries around the world. So technically, I'm over all of that obviously with an amazing team and lots of volunteers, but it's just, I'm just so blessed to go into work each day and just the times, because everyone thinks that working for a church is, oh, it must be perfect. You must go and read the Bible and sing <laughs> and sing worship songs. No, it's, it's very far from that. But the times that I'm frustrated or discouraged or overwhelmed, I just think back and just thank the Lord, like, wow, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. And just see the transformation happening on a daily basis, whether it's in our inner city of Dayton or it's an 18 hour flight away in Swaziland, just hearing about the stories, how the gospel of Jesus Christ is transforming people's lives is, is a true blessing. And I think now more than ever, it's the, Jesus is the hope of the world and people need that hope. And just seeing people, you know, as I said earlier, we work with a lot of churches and organizations that, you know, work with recovery ministries and um, just seeing people battling addictions, whether it's drug or alcohol abuse, and just seeing that the hope of Jesus Christ that can provide for them is, is truly an amazing, amazing opportunity. So I'm just, I'm thankful to be able to sit in this role. I'm thankful to be a part of 
a church that puts such an emphasis on reaching the lost, uh, coming alongside inner city partnership pastors. And I want to, I want to share with one story, which, uh, was, was probably two of my favorite days since working at Christian Life Center was this past Monday and Tuesday. And during this whole pandemic, church life has obviously been a little bit different. Uh, for about 16 weeks, we were we were streaming our services online and didn't have people in the building. And I remember telling one of my good friends at work that I said, if it feels weird having people in the building, and that should never be a phrase that you use for a <laughs> church. Like the church isn't the building, it's the people. And when the people aren't there, it's it's very strange, but God has just blessed us financially during this time. I'm just amazed of people continuing to give their tithes and offerings and over and above. And we were able this past Monday and Tuesday is able to go around with my lead pastor and um, nine of our inner city partnership churches. A lot of them are older and don't have the ability to stream and online services and have been shut down through this entire time. And we're able to bless them with $10,000 each uh, just as a way to come alongside of them and help them get back on their feet post uh, pandemic and post COVID. And it's just things like that. Like, God, you're just, thank you for letting me be a part of that, that you could use someone that was so broken, that was so far from you, that was caught up in a, a lifestyle of sin that he can use me and, you know, he can use you. So it's just, it's been really, really cool to, to see victories like that and not, us getting the credit, but it's all, it's all God. And I just believe, like I said, now more than ever, the hope of Jesus Christ, this, that's what this world needs. That's what this nation needs. And for us to come alongside inner city partnerships, churches and organizations is a, is a special uh, opportunity for me. And then, you know, I felt my calling in, in Swaziland and for us to, for my job to be over the 13 ICBCs that are placed there God works in crazy ways. And as I said earlier, he prepares your heart and he was preparing my heart for something that I didn't know I was eventually going to be doing. So I just, I have a passion for what we're doing in the country of Swaziland. I have a passion for what we're doing in our inner city and I have a passion for spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and know that he is the hope of the world. It's incredible to hear everything that's happening in our city of Dayton. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in everything going on in the world that sometimes we forget those great pieces and those great things that are going on right amongst us yeah. every single day. And I think it's incredible you get to be a part of that. That's so exciting. And I'm absolutely so happy for you. When it comes to giving someone advice about breaking their own chains, yeah. you referenced your past and going through a time that you strayed from God. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all relate to times that we've felt we're not as connected as we should be or as we could be. How would you suggest to someone that feels like they aren't worthy of prevailing to their purpose, how to do so? Yeah, so I, I think God, as I stated earlier, God can always use you. And there's nothing that anything in your past that could separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Like by God, by God sending his son, Jesus, dying on the cross for our sins, that broke all chains. And there's nothing that we've ever done that could disqualify us from God loving us. There's no past great enough um, that, that could separate us from that love. But I think a big thing is, is acknowledging that, that you're in a place that maybe you shouldn't be or don't want to be. And then submitting to God's authority and allowing him to lead where he wants you to go. 
Um, I think as I was stating earlier, and, and a lot of people don't like talking about the devil or um, his his schemes and things like that, but I think he's very, Satan is very good at reminding you about your past and reminding you, hey, Olivia, remember that? God, how could God use you? Some how could God use you in that way? Or remember that past mistake or that uh, past sin? But as I said, there's nothing uh, in our past that can disqualify God from using us. But I think it's it's realizing those struggles, it's realizing those sins, it's realizing that yes, I did go through that, and and that's why I like to share my story. Is I'm far from perfect. I mean, every human when you study scripture, the fall of Adam and Eve, we're all broken. We're all messed up. We're all strayed from, from God. And yes, we can have times where we're not maybe living a life that's reflecting of Jesus Christ, but there's nothing that we could ever do that would stop God from loving us. So I, I like sharing my story. I'm not going to hide my story. Um, I'm not definitely not proud of the four years that I lived in college and was very far from God and very caught up in sin. I'm not saying I'm proud of that, but I, I know so many people go through seasons of life like that. And I'm here to say that you can overcome those, that God can still use you and God still has a purpose and God still has a plan. And I hope that my story can speak to someone else that's maybe going through a similar situation. Cause I think a lot of times we, God allows us to go through things where we can use our story to encourage someone else. Um, and I, I want to encourage, you know, if someone is listening to this, there's your past does not define you and your past does not allow you to not to be able to serve the Lord. And God can still do great and mighty things through your life. Um, but it takes a simple thing as submission, submitting my will for my life to falling after God's will. And realizing we are broken individuals far from Christ, but that does not define us. Our past does not define us. And our past can never separate us from that love and the purpose and plan that God has for our life. I think the coolest part about realizing that we're all broken is that God can use your brokenness. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be able to serve God, serve other people, and serve the world if I didn't have my broken pieces. And I think it's important for us to, like you're saying, acknowledge those and not necessarily be excited that they happen, yeah. but be thankful for them. Like I'm thankful for my broken parts. I'm thankful for the times that I've strayed because it's brought me that much closer. And I feel like you probably feel the same way. Yeah. And I, I think something that's so powerful about that, Olivia, it just as we were talking before we started this podcast Social media and today's culture, we have shown highlights of what this perfect life looks like. And not many people are open to share with their struggles or their brokenness, or they share for the wrong reasons, for attention or trying to get recognition. Um, but our in our brokenness, in our in our past, in our shame, in our struggles, God can work in miraculous ways. And I just think back in my life, the times that I was living in those times of brokenness or caught up in sin, I wasn't happy. You know, I was I was searching for things that I thought would provide me happiness, 
I was searching for things in life that culture says will bring you pleasure and excitement. And yet I was empty and I was broken and I was longing for something else. And what I know for my life personally, I was searching for voids that only Christ could fill. And now where I'm at, and I'm still in a, I'm still a work in progress. By no means am I perfect. <laughs> I still mess up. In fact, driving here, I got mad because someone cut me off. So, <laughs> so I, I'm far from uh, being this perfect person. I think we're all works in progress. But realizing that there's nothing that this earth can provide happiness or contentment. The only thing that can provide that is that relationship with Jesus Christ and being rooted and knowing my identity is in who he says I am and not what culture, not what friends, not what others say we need to look for. I can relate heavily to that in times in my life where I felt like something is missing. I could have the whole world in my hands, but if I don't have God as my center focus, nothing feels right. If I don't have that glue that Christ gives me to bring me together, I don't feel like anything makes sense. And I feel like you can relate to that too. Yeah, Christ is our cornerstone. Uh, he's what we need to build our life on. And um, everything else will seem uncertain um, or not firm when our foundation isn't built on Christ. So for me, I think spiritual disciplines is a huge component of building that cornerstone. First of all, realizing and acknowledging that Jesus is our Lord and Savior of our life, you know, having walking into that personal relationship with him. But I also think how I look back on my past in times that I struggled or was maybe far from him, my spiritual disciplines were not where they should be. My prayer time, my prayer life uh, was not something that I did a lot of. And I think we so often see Jesus or, you know, God, when we pray as a genie that, Hey God, I need this, fix this, give me this, pray for this. It's all about me, 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 me. That's not who God is. Mm -hmm. And when we can work on our prayer life, that being thankful for the creator of the universe, that he chose us. He chose us and just being thankful for that. So my prayer life is really developed to turn from always asking what I need or what I want to simply just praising who he is. I think prayer life is important. Quiet time. That's something that I've definitely incorporated more into my life and just spending, whether it's 10 or 15 minutes, whether it's praise music or journaling or, or reading scripture, just taking time to fully focus on God. We live in a culture, we live in a society where everything is at the tip of our fingertips. Uh, we can click on Google or Facebook or Instagram and just be flooded with everything. And I think if we're not careful to take time each and every day to spend quiet time with God, we can be flooded with thoughts and ideas and culture and we can get so easily caught up in it. And then finally, just diving into scripture. You know, we've had many conversations about the importance scripture is alive and well, mm -hmm. and it was God spoken and it applies to each of our lives. And if I'm not in scripture and we all live busy lives, 
we can get just so caught up in the day to day that I noticeably can see when I'm not spending enough time in scripture. My thoughts aren't as pure. I'm getting more frustrated. I'm getting more discouraged. So just working on those spiritual disciplines, I think is so important um, as a believer and continuing to develop into who God intends for us to be. And like I said, we're a continued work in progress, but finding those spiritual disciplines and not only talking about it, but also truly incorporating it into our lives. So I think the term I'll pray for you, I've been so challenged because I think that has just become such a common phrase that people just say it without actually doing it. Mm -hmm. So for me, the phrase, when I say I'm praying for you or I'll pray for you, I am called to pray for that person. Like I am called to do that. I am called to, Hey, if I'm actually going to say that I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and actually do it. And um, just developing that strong prayer life has been so important to me. And um, just knowing that our identity and our lives are built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. Absolutely. And that's so important. And it's just like practicing little things. Like if someone sends you something funny on Instagram or whatever, and you're like, oh, it's so funny. I'm laughing so hard. And you're not even laughing at all. I feel like it's kind of the same thing. It's just habit. It's a response. I'm praying for you. I'm going to pray for you. But you kind of forget to do it. So to challenge yourself to stop and be like, you know what? I'm praying for them right now. I have the time right now. I'm going to pray for them right now. That's a great challenge. I think that's something a lot of us struggle with, and we don't even realize we're doing it. We're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. It's another thing on my list, and then you forget to get to it. So prioritizing that and making time for that right now is so important. Earlier today, you told me you took the last 30 days off social media. I think you're still off of social media, if I'm correct. I am, and it's great. (laughs) How is that affecting your relationship with God? Do you feel like when you're not as distracted that you're – founded more in your relationship? 100%. And I'm still off of social media and it's been an amazing 30 days. And thinking back to my time in Africa, obviously a lot of the places don't have internet in Africa. So you not by choice that you're off of social media, just by the fact that they don't have internet. Um, And the times that I felt closest to the Lord that really instilled in me is times that I've taken out all distractions to truly focus on him and his word. So it's just been a refreshing time. I just felt so overwhelmed with everything that is happening only, you know, with the pandemic and the racial injustice. And I was just spending so much time on social media. And like I said earlier, I think so many people find their identity in what their social media profile looks like. They strive for likes, they strive for the perfect picture, they strive for getting DMs or whatever <laughs> it may be. And I just felt that that was really taking away from time that I needed to be spending with the the Lord. And it was really killing my contentment. And I know we spoke earlier, I love this phrase that comparison kills our contentment. And when I was constantly comparing myself to others on social media, and it's so easy to do, it's so easy to get caught up. I was beginning to lose my identity in Christ and and my quiet time was suffering. My prayer time was suffering. My time in scripture was suffering. So I just needed a break. And this last 30 days have been so powerful. I felt so much closer to the Lord. 
Um, I've been spending so much time, more time in God's word and in prayer and, and just loving and being thankful for the life that God has provided for me. Um, when you're on social media or it's so easy to, to see others and be ungrateful for what God has blessed you with. I am so blessed the life that I have. I have an amazing job. I have an amazing family. I'm healthy. I'm active. I get to work at Christian Life Center and serve as the outreach director. I have a heavenly father that loves me no matter what I do, no matter the amount of times I could possibly mess up. And so I, my big challenge for myself was we get so caught up in the things that we don't have that we forget all that what God has blessed us with. There's so many people around me that I see they don't have anything to complain about. You want something to complain about? Go to Swaziland and see the kids that are literally dying of HIV and AIDS or dying of starvation. They don't know when their next meal is going to come. They don't know where they're going to get clean water from. They have no access to, to medical doctors or anything like that. And I think it's all about understanding what God has blessed you with. And it's all about your situation. And I think when we can be content with what God has given us, what God has blessed us with, there's always going to be some stuff that we desire in our lives. To not, it's not to take away from that, but it's to be truly content with what God has given us in, in that season. And I think each season, there's going to be highs and lows, Olivia. I think we can think back to, you know, personally, there's seasons that, you're just like, wow, like I'm just, I'm feeling motivated. I'm feeling mm -hmm. excited. Like my life rocks. I'm doing good. And then there's some times that you're in the desert. You're in the shadow of the valley of the death. And you just feel like, man, God, where, where are you? Like, I've been praying for this. Like this feels so distanced. But so I just, I want to challenge us is just to be thankful for what God has blessed us with. I mean, we live in the United States of America and what the craziness that's happening um, just kind of all around us. I think we can so get caught up um, in that, but I'm just trying to learn to continue to be content um, with what God's blessed me with and being okay with the season that I'm in. Uh, so just kind of taking away those distractions to focus my um, time and energy on the Lord has been, has been an awesome experience. How would you advise someone to find their contentment in Christ and not in social platforms and in everyone else's approval? Well, I think it's a process. I think it's a process like any anything. It's an easy thing to say. It's a lot harder to actually do. So I think in that process, you know, I think surrendering to God, allowing him to speak, allowing him to search you, um, allowing him to show you areas in your life that you need to grow if you're seeking your identity or look searching for attention, ask the Lord to show you that and he can reveal that to you. And then I think in that process, you begin to be rooted and grounded in who he says you are. I think identity is a huge thing and having your identity in Christ and knowing that it doesn't matter the amount of likes, it doesn't matter the amount of followers, it doesn't matter the amount of tension I get. I know who God says I am, and I have to learn to be content. And we sh he's made us beautifully and wonderfully made, and he's made each of us special. And he's given us 
each different gifts and abilities and realizing and being thankful for those gifts and abilities is, is a great thing when you can get that. And I, I think, am I there? No. Um, but it's a work, it's a work in process and, and understanding that, Hey, Lord, search me, send me, work in me and trying to get closer and closer to him and knowing that, Hey, it doesn't matter what society says I need to look like. It doesn't matter what followers or likes or um, attention that I feel like I need. The only thing that truly matters is what Christ says about us and what he says and who he says I am. And I think having that security and that approval, knowing that you have that from the one that matters most, everything else kind of fades away. I think when you are farther away from God, you notice it more because you're searching for it in other areas. Oh, I want loved. I want someone to care for me. I want someone to take care of me. And we forget God's already doing that. He's like, hey, I'm right here. Yeah. Like, I want I want to take care of you. I want to love you. I want to give you the attention and the approval that you so desperately are searching for. I have that. And I'm here for you whenever you're ready for me. And I think letting ourselves let our guard down and truly embrace what God has already encompassed for our life is the most important part of letting go of the world's approval. It is. It is. And like as I get back to it, it's a process and learning to grow closer to Him and learning to not seek approval from others, not seek approval from society or culture is can be tough because technology is such a big part of our life. Um, but when you find that true contentment and who God created you to be, it's a special thing. And I go back to that peace, you know, God is, he's the Prince of peace and he provides us peace that surpasses all understanding. And we're, when we are living in God's will, knowing our identity is in him and being content with everything that he's blessed us with, we can live a life that even in times of chaos or uncertainty, we know who our creator is. We know we have a God that loves us, that has a purpose and has a plan for us and being content and following after his peace. Were you worried about what everyone was going to say about you leaving a financial advising firm to follow a career in ministry? Like, did that seem wild to everyone around you? How did you conquer everyone else's opinion in that time? Yeah. I mean, some people thought I was crazy <laughs> <laughs> because it was talks of me eventually being a part owner of the business. So from that standpoint, yes, people thought from some people from the outside thought I was crazy. But I think back to the people that truly love me. If you have someone that truly loves you and what's what's best for you, they want you to follow after God's calling on your life. So the amount of encouragement I got from my family, my close friends, it, it was it was absolutely amazing, Olivia. And it was it was special to think that God's blessed me with an amazing family, amazing friends, and they were able to pray for me, encourage me, speak life into me. But yeah, I mean, you have some people that were like, why would you leave that job for this? You know, <laughs> what, what what even is working for ministry so that you're always going to have people that uh, kind of naysayers. But if you have those special friends and family um, that truly care about you, they want what's best for you. Mm -hmm. And what's best for you is following after God and living in his perfect will. What would you tell people that 
are all alone by themselves and they're conquering maybe not having supportive family or not having people that maybe believe the same things they do, but they feel a calling to change their path and chase their purpose. How would you tell them to navigate that? Yeah, that that's a very, very tough thing. I think back to my life. I've have a, I have amazing mentors in my life. I have, like I said, I have amazing family and friends and uh, spiritual spiritual relationships that have helped make me the man I am today. Uh, just amazing mentors. But I think getting plugged into the local church is so, so important. And the church is in a building. It's the people. So getting plugged into the local church where people can pray for you, people can encourage you, people can speak biblical wisdom onto you. I think that is a huge step. Luckily, I've been connected to the local church and have friends that are pastors and have friends that are believers. But I would encourage someone that's feeling alone, that, um, you know, is desiring a change, uh, desiring a relationship with Christ that maybe has some answers is is getting plugged in to the local church. I don't also I'll offer myself. I, if, if you're listening to this and I can be in any way encouragement to you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Would love to uh, pray for you and, you know, tell you more about your story. But I think when you're feeling alone, God did not intend us to be isolated. Um, when you go back to the story of creation, you know, God provided Adam with Eve and we are not meant to walk through life alone. I'm not talking about, just romantic relationships, but friendships. So isolation can be a very, very difficult thing. Um, but getting plugged into the local church, getting plugged in and surrounded by people uh, that are believers that can pray for you, encourage you, um, speak life into you, I think is such an important aspect. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for amazing people like that that have surrounded me. Having influential people in your life that can breathe life into you makes all the difference. I'm super excited to see where you take your career in ministry. What do you want that to look like? Are you wanting to stay in the same position as outreach director at your church, or are you wanting to start something totally different? What does that look like for you? So to me, when you're living in God's will, it's exciting uh, because you don't have to have all the answers figured out. And what I've learned, I like to use the analogy, I like to walk through life with an open palm, not a closed fist. So allowing for God to lead me where he wants me to go is can be a little bit scary, but to me it's exciting. And I just think back on my life, how he orchestrated this perfect plan for me. And all it takes is for you to follow him, allow him to lead and surrender your life to him. I would love to take on a more pastoral role in my church. Currently, I'm studying and working on my master's degree in a master's of Christian ministry through Liberty University. That's equipping me with discipleship classes, New and Old Testament classes. Um, and so eventually, I think I would love to be an executive director of um, or an executive pastor of a large church or maybe even one day starting my own ministry. I have a heart uh, for equipping people um bringing out the best in people, instilling in people that God's given them gifts and abilities and can use them. Um, so whether that's locally or globally, I just see, I have a passion for spreading God's love and, and seeing God able to use people uh, using their gifts and abilities. So whether that's working for a large church in a pastoral role, um, executive director, or maybe one day even starting my own ministry, I just know that 
following after God and allowing him to lead and being willing to, um, he'll lead me exactly where he wants me to go. And to me, that's exciting. I think it's really important to have an open palm to God. God's changed my plans so many times. I can't even count. But where I'm at now, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for changing my plans. I can't imagine being anywhere else. And I'm sure you see that and feel that in your own life where you're like, wow, what if I was still doing that? Look at how much life and how much hope and purpose I would have missed out on. For someone out there searching for their purpose, let's say they don't know what they want to do. They're really trying to tune in their relationship with God and find out where He wants them. How would you advise them to seek their strengths and seek out what they would be best at, but also keeping God at the forefront and keeping Him in mind? Yeah, I I think that is such an awesome thing to do, but can be a very difficult thing to do. I think we often get caught up in trying to tell God what we want to do, what our plans are, and that's oftentimes not what God has for your life. So I think it all goes back to an act of surrender, uh, knowing that surrendering my life to Him and allowing Him to use my life and following after that calling for your life and, and following after His will. So I think, like I said, it comes down to surrender, being okay with, hey, I thought I was going to work as a financial advisor, surrendering my life. Lord, if you want to take me into ministry, I'm willing to go. But I think a big part of it is that willingness to go. Because God a lot of times prompts us, Olivia, he prompts us with things. But how often have we said, well, that's maybe not the direction I want to go. So not only surrendering, but following after his prompting. And even in times of like, I don't know how God is going to work this out, like walking into this unknown situation, um, allowing him to lead and following after that is is a huge start but i think it starts with surrender um surrendering and praying and spending that time that lord i don't have my life figured out nor do i want to and that's what faith is faith is an easy concept to talk about it's a lot harder to live it out and that act of faith is not understanding lord my circumstances are crazy Uh, there's times of uncertainty i don't know how i'm going to get from here to there but I'm going to have faith and I'm going to have trust in you and know that ultimately when we surrender, when we allow him to lead, we can follow after his perfect plan for our life. I absolutely agree. And I think being proactive is so important in your faith and in your purpose. And at the same time, I think God truly knows when to open that door. Just like when you were in a totally different country, helping serve many different people. And God was like, hey, Patrick, what's up? I'm changing your plans right now. And you know what? You had the courage to say, okay, God, I'm I'm listening to you. I hear you out, and I'm going to take that next step. I'm going to trust you. And I think God has a really cool way of intervening right when you least expect it. It's in the times that you're not even noticing there's an opportunity right there, but God builds a door even in the darkness. God's, that's the thing, Olivia, God's timing is perfect. And I think back to my life and see so often that if he would have tried to lead me in a certain direction or give me this opportunity or whatever it may be, it wasn't the right time. But God's timing is perfect. And I love this quote that says, if it's not God's time, you can't force it. 
but if it's God's time, you can't stop it. And when God's timing is perfect and you submit your life to him, you allow for him to lead. He can do just absolutely amazing things, but we so often aren't patient and we want things now. And God doesn't often work that. I know my prayer life, there's things that I've prayed about for a long time that I'm still praying for that God, it, it's not his timing yet. And we have to be content in knowing that he sees the whole picture and we just see a small sliver. We just see a small sliver and we get so, I mean, this culture and society, we're so used to instant, whether it's text messages or ordering food online, we can get things instantly. And God doesn't often work that way. Um, and we have to be content in knowing and realizing that God has a far greater plan and his timing is perfect. And oftentimes his timing doesn't align with our timing. Never. <laughs> it's never like, God, I'm ready. He's yeah. like, actually, just kidding. We're yes. going to practice a patient heart and perseverance. Yes. Do you feel like if that had happened in any other time in your life that you would have been as willing? No. If I think back, I would not have been willing to go into ministry to uh, in college. Um, I think that I look to the future and even think like, how much even more difficult it would have been if I would have actually owned the practice by then. And I just, I think back and I'm just amazed by God's perfect timing um, and just his faithfulness and his goodness through that entire process. And through that process, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, I was leaving a job of comfort, um, a job that I enjoyed and taking this huge leap of uncertainty that, man, God, I don't feel qualified. At times, I don't feel good enough. I don't even know exactly what responsibility I'm going to have. But when we follow where he's leading, he equips us with what we need. And I, this phrase that I try to live by is, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And realizing, Lord, I am not enough. I need you. I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I need your grace on a daily basis and being okay with that. Today's culture is all about me. It's all about me. It's all, all about self-help. That is furthest from the truth and how we need to live our life. Our soul reliance is on him. And I wake up each day, Olivia, knowing that I am not enough. I can't do it on my own. I don't have the, the strength, the knowledge, the perseverance perseverance but through him i am enough and he equips us with what exactly we need and now looking back on those four years that you felt distant from god you get to look at it with fresh eyes and understand that all along he was preparing you for what he was going to use you for and he was with you and i think those times that we feel distant from the lord he's right there with you he's right there in the midst and all it takes is that acknowledgement and that understanding and that surrender. And want to encourage anyone, you know, listening that regardless of what you're going through, you're not alone. Christ is with you. God is with you. And seek refuge in him. Um, allow him to lead your life.
So yeah, you're never alone and God is with you through it all. And when we surrender to him and allow him to lead and seek comfort in him, it is a peace and a comfort that only he can provide. It surpasses all understanding. Feeling that, I remember passion this past New Year's Eve. It's like every time I experience God, I almost feel a little bit stronger than the last time. And I remember years ago, kind of probably what you felt when you were away from God. You didn't really feel it. You're like, okay, there's a relationship there, but I don't really know what that feels like. I don't know how to tap into it. When you really feel it, there's no question. You don't have to second guess if he's there. You don't have to second guess if you matter or if he has a purpose for you. It's a connection and an experience that I hope and wish and pray for absolutely everybody. It is one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, and what I want to encourage is anyone that's listening or anybody that is searching, God has a purpose and a plan for you. And when we can fully rely on him, when we walk into a relationship with him, he provides that comfort and that peace that we've often talked about over this last podcast. But I just want to encourage the people that are searching, search for him. If you're searching, he's the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing is because I've seen how he's transformed my life and has led me to where I'm at today. And that's through one name and that's the name of Jesus. And having him at the center of my life, realizing that the only thing that matters is what we do for him. We can live in this this comfort and this peace and a life that is serving to him, that brings him glory, is a life that is full of passion and excitement and uncertainty. But it's the, it's the good uncertainty that it's the Lord. I don't know what's next, but I know you're up to something good. So I just want to encourage you if you're searching, Jesus is the answer. And just diving into his word and knowing that he's with you um, and knowing that he has a purpose and a plan for your life. It's, it's exciting because I've seen so I've seen the Lord transform so many people around me and their hearts that it's, I want other people to experience that. And I promise if you're searching for him, he's searching for you too. He's waiting for you to come to him. So I think that's super awesome. And it's important to remember that you're not the only one out there looking for that relationship. You're not the only one out there searching for that love that everybody's talking about and you're wondering how to get it. You're not the only one. And he's sitting there, arms wide open, waiting to take you in as well. So if you could give one last piece of advice to someone out there listening to this, what would you say? Follow after God's calling for your life. And even as scary as that may sound, if he's leading you, go. We're not called to live in our comfort zone. And I think when we step outside of our comfort zone, that's when we grow and that's when God can use us. So whether it's the Lord's prompting you to start a ministry or leave your job or attend a new church or reach out to a friend that you haven't, follow after that calling. 
fall after that prompting and step outside of your comfort zone. Because I think when we do that, God can orchestrate things. I just think back to my past and how he's used me, how he's prompted my heart and how the only way for where I'm at today was for me to say yes. So to say yes to God's calling for your life, to say yes where he's leading you and to be willing. And it might look scary. It might look dark. But when we have a God that is always with us, that a God that is our comfort, our refuge, our strength, we can persevere through that and we can accomplish the life that God has intended for us to live. Thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. I can't even imagine. I'm so excited for everyone listening right now. I really hope that you loved today's episode just as much as I did. Thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you, Olivia. It's been a blast, and I hope that everyone that listened uh, was able to encourage you. But we serve a mighty God, and I'm just thankful that He, the things that He can use and do through us is such a an awesome thing to experience. And I want everybody to experience the relationship that I have with Christ. I want everyone to experience that. So thank you again. It was a special time. I'm thankful for our friendship and I'm excited to see how God's going to continue to use you in great and mighty ways. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. (laughs) Bye guys. I'll see you all next week. Bye. (laughs) 